Hello everyone and welcome to the We Love Music podcast. My name is Leah and I'm your host for today's episode. So just a little bit of background. Um, I am a firm believer in music as a form of therapy and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I had the opportunity to sit down with Paul Daraban and Liz Tabish, both of whom are retired music educators. They both taught together at uh, Glendale Middle School here in Salt Lake City. Paul was educated and graduated from the Juilliard School of Music. And for those of you who don't know, um, that's it's a very prestigious school. And he has a lot of insight and so does Liz. Um, Liz has been teaching for 22 years and both of them are uh, piano players for the most part. Piano is the main instrument um, that both of them play, but they, um, I, Paul plays a lot more instruments. He actually taught um, band and I think as well as drumline at Glendale and Liz taught a group piano lab and they just had a lot of info that I thought would be useful for you guys. And then just a little bit of background on me. So um, I grew up playing the piano and um, Liz is actually my mother, but you know, for formalities, we'll just keep calling her Liz. I'm not going to call her mom on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up taking formal piano lessons, not from her, but um, I did have another piano teacher. And with that, I also was put in intense, pretty intense music theory classes outside of school. And I learned a lot about the inner workings of classical music. And I, I learned to have this deep appreciation for it. Um, and, you know, as a kid too, I obviously, I listened to a lot of pop music and a lot of, especially a lot of hip hop and rap and, and R&B and even country. I grew up listening to a lot of Johnny Cash. I was surrounded by a ton of different music genres and I love it. I love that I'm so familiar with all of all aspects of music and I was able to see how, how useful it can be for people especially myself, um, over the past couple years, I had the unfortunate experience of having like a deep depression. Um, and, uh, on top of that, I was just in a un- very unhealthy romantic relationship on top of that. And, um, it was just not good all around. My life was kind of just falling apart and I've since recovered from that. And I'm, I'm a much better person, um, from a mental health perspective, I'm much healthier and, um, much wiser, and I owe all of that progress to, or most of that pro- progress to music. Music really helped me get through this tough time. I didn't have a lot of people to turn to, so um, music was what helped me, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about that, and um, especially after this experience, I I just have, I don't know, I really want people to know that how just how beneficial music is and I think a lot of us kind of take it for granted myself included because it's just this like magical thing music is and it makes us feel things and it helps us and um anyways this interview I sat down I sat down with Liz and Paul over lunch uh one day we were at Chili's I asked them their viewpoints on you know music education and we talk about how music has changed over time you know what with technology and how that 
can either be beneficial or not beneficial and we talk about you know why it's important and so i'm just gonna play a little bit of that and hopefully you guys enjoy it and you're able to take something from it should music classes be required in all education levels required well that's a tricky question well i'll answer that really quick when i spent my one year of high school in north carolina i attended an upper level economic high school and of course as soon as i got out there i tried out for the volleyball team i played volleyball basketball and softball while i was out there they required all the athletes to take a fine art simultaneously and i don't even think it could be i think it had to be a musical fine art they either had to take an instrument or a choir i think it was to kind of balance out that athlete brain they'd already kind of tapped into that so when i for me that wasn't a problem i was the accompanist for the choir as soon as they knew that i could play the piano i did that all year long but they had to sign, not even art class i think it was a music some sort of musical program it was required as part of the Charlotte School District program and I think it was beneficial and I think if they're going to require kids to take math and English and science and all these core classes how can they not see the benefits of music now should they force it no I don't know should they encourage it yeah, yes I agree with your mother I had a lot of students over the years but they were in band because their parents insisted on it. They yeah. couldn't stand it. Yeah. So for their, you know, they got nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. I, th I think maybe making a, a general, like a, like you go to college. Well, you go to college and you have the, what's it called, general education? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I think there should be a class required. Okay. But if you do that, then the art people could say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not into art, so <laughs> if I had to do it, it would be a whole quarter of misery. And I'm not into theater. To me, yeah. theater yeah. and music classes are two totally, right. completely different universes. It never interests me, nor do I see the benefits yeah. the way music does. So. Anyway. Okay. And, um, so... I mean, over the course of history, we've transitioned from having just composers but now we also have composers in addition to like producers and musical engineers right with the addition of technology with the advance of technology thank you uh -huh. um do you think that technology has hindered or helped bolster the positive impact that music can have on listeners well it's definitely a positive you wouldn't you wouldn't have the, I don't know what kind of music you listen to, but based on your age, mm -hmm. you wouldn't know, you wouldn't have that music today if it wasn't for people like Phil Spector. Oh, yeah. Who created the Wall of Sound. Yeah. And the Beatles wouldn't have been the Beatles without their producer. Yeah. Who was attached to the hip to those guys. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's a documentary coming out next month about the Beatles. Didn't you? The same guy that made uh, Lord of the Rings uh, thing. He, he's the one that did this documentary of Paul McCartney. But really? you, you, yeah, you wouldn't have the, you wouldn't have that kind of music that you listen yeah. to. And without Beethoven and, and Bach and Mozart, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have much of anything. True. Well, so everything, there's a reason for everything. That's how I see it. 
So do you think these producers and engineers of today, um, do you think they should be held in the same regard as like Chopin and Rachmaninoff? No. <laughs> Immediately no. And just a rung below, a step below, <laughs> but not in the same regard. And no. what's happening sometimes, though, even though there's a major contribution, but from the technical side, oftentimes they're manipulating live music. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer the live real sound. What they've done is they've digitized or changed or added. You know, you can add a, you can add a drum with any most mm-hmm. minor of, of, of equipment. You can change, you can have a, a pianist just play something on a piano and then you have a, a, a technical guy come in and add all these sounds and all these beats and all these things but none of it's live music none of it's acoustic right. and so that's the only thing is i think is sometimes all this technical stuff takes away from the actual instrumental takes away from the live real performance yeah. so when you hear stuff on the radio how much of that is an actual instrument how much of that is actually being played by a musician how much of it's being manipulated by a computer or some sort of technology well, so i think that there's a there's a place for it but i think when we lose that live sound we lose that instrumental sound of the pure raw instrument that's that's when it, i become concerned and everything you hear on the radio has been manipulated it's never just a guitar just whatever yeah. i mean it's almost always been manipulated even the vocals yeah yeah did you know the beach boys couldn't play their own instruments i did not know that yeah they, ha- they hired a studio musician. They were called the Wrecking Crew. They- there was a documentary on Netflix about it. I didn't know that. And uh, Glenn Campbell was in it. Glenn Campbell was an amazing musician, but the-, the head of the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, his music was so complicated. He was a, he was a Beethoven, as far as in my book. But his brothers... And his but and his cousins they couldn't play it. So whenever they whenever they went out on tour somewhere, they had to have a, a combination of people playing and all this sound pumped in. So I I think it's interesting. And you got one of the biggest singers on the planet today that has I think more followers on Instagram. She can't sing. she can't sing with the really? What's right. her name? Um, what's the redhead lady that's. Um, uh, Adele. Adele. Yeah. Adele claims that she does not ever use auto-tune. And if it's that case, she's a rarity in the vocalist universe. Right. But that might be part of the reason people really are drawn to her voice. Because it's a pure, unmanipulated... Because yeah. un- I watched something on her where she says, I'm going to tell you that I'm the only one in the pop universe that doesn't use auto-tune. That doesn't okay. use some sort of voice manipulation. And if that's the truth, there's something to be said about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was a group a little bit before your mother's time but one of my favorite groups of all time was a group called the moody blues oh my gosh of course i know the moody blues yeah the moody blues and they they had they wrote music these guys were geniuses they were classical great classical went to the london conservatory of music i mean these guys were were brilliant and they they ended up hiring the london philharmonic to tour with them Uh and it got so expensive they had to quit doing it and they yeah. sort of just faded into, faded into the background. Yeah. It's a, you know, hauling around 60 people with all the equipment is very expensive. Yeah. But anyway. But they had their time, the Moody oh, Blues. Yeah. Great yeah. songs. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking to interview a, a board-certified music therapist as okay. well. Okay. What do you guys think about... Um, music therapy 
I think it's fabulous. I read something, in, I was in the doctor's office, this was a couple of years ago, and I'd heard this before, for Alzheimer's patients. They're playing music, they're playing, apparently the age for this stuff to get locked in your head is like between 11 and 25 or something. Mm-hmm. So they're playing music of the, these people from that, when, based on when they were born, and flawless. They, they can remember things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's absolutely great. Just like I, I used to tell my students. Thank you. You're welcome. I said, I don't know what this garbage is that you're listening to because... <laughs> but I said, I said you'll, you'll do the same thing. When you're my age, you're going to come back and say, you know what? You were right. <laughs> I still, my favorite stuff was stuff from the 50s, 60s, uh-huh. and 70s. Some uh-huh. disco from the 80s occasionally, but anything past that, I'm just not into it. Not into it. No. So I think I think that would be great to interview a person like that. Yeah. I think they do wonders. Well, and music stirs up emotions and feelings and and memories that I mean I can't even tell you there's a reason why I use music in churches in weddings and funerals there's a reason for that because mm-hmm. it creates an emotion in you it creates a feeling and um, it it has an effect on people it can soften the most hardened of people you know you can have the most hardened of souls or people that have experienced the most right. difficult of circumstances and sometimes just bringing music into the atmosphere softens yeah. their souls softens their feelings softens the blow the same thing works for children i mean we've all read all these things about you know all of these mozart for babies or whatever but there is real truth and real validity and, and real science behind the fact that music soothes babies it soothes patients they use it in operating rooms it has has so many benefits beyond oh this has just got a great beat it really does something for your emotions and i can't tell you how many times i've sat in a funeral usually i'm the one doing the music but when i'm not and I'm, I'm pretty composed until the music starts. Mm-hmm. And the music starts and it generates this feeling and emotion in me that I was trying to almost avoid feeling. And it, was, it opens up a door to me that's like, it's okay to feel this. Or maybe I didn't realize I felt this way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it has so many benefits. I think that, I think that, I don't know. So let's, at Glendale, there was, Maybe like two or three years ago, there was a super traumatic event in the media. I, I wish I could remember what it was. Sandy Hook. I think it was after Sandy Hook. Something else had happened. And the kids were really rattled. This was recently. I can't remember what it was. I really I can't remember. Especially Glendale. Everything's a catastrophe there. Every little thing on the news media. And everybody's like, oh my gosh. But this was something real tangible. Something well, that, that was the... That- you said if it was three years ago, that was the shooting in Florida. Maybe that's At what it Marjorie was. At the Marjorie something high school? That was, maybe. Well, Sandy Hook was, was somewhere else, but oh, I, don't yeah. I don't remember what it was. But I remember that the kids were, there was a lot of angst and there was a lot of fear and there was just not, they weren't sure what to do. And I remember I just sat down at the piano in the classroom and opened up my door because I always did that. And as kids were coming through the hallway or at lunch and I was playing the piano, and you could like visually feel 
the anxiety these kids just dropped and the kids were just drifting out of the cafeteria like around my classroom and I was playing a lot of like LDS hymns because a lot of those kids are LDS but then I was just playing relaxing I was playing like Beethoven and like things like this that I knew would draw them in I remember playing Canon in D because every kid loves that and just things that pulled them in and, and it really brought the anxiety levels down and I remember saying to Jill the principal I think it was Jill at the time I said might have not even been Jill but I just said would you do these kids a lot of good if during the break times and during lunches if you guys just played classical or you know really good instrumental that's soothing softly on the overhead for these kids yeah. because it, all they get is this harsh music and this harsh life and this harsh they don't have anything to kind of bring them down which is part of the reason they were drawn to my music class and piano because it was something to bring them down right but you guys live in a different world than that than we did the f word was not said very very <laughs> seldom yeah said and i told the kids i said you know I'd be a fan of rap music if it wasn't F U so and F this, F this B I T C H and yes. F F the cops and blank. Yeah. I said I like the music, but the the words are just out of control. Yeah, but you do like the sound. I do. The beat, the rhythm. Uh-huh. I, I like all that. Uh-huh. So. Um, so if yes. You're, if you're interested, I do know a board-certified music therapist. Yeah? My next-door neighbor's daughter. Oh, interesting. Ashton. She lives in Lehigh. I would be interested. So. Actually, yeah. Um, but I think that's almost everything I have for you guys. Um, okay. Is there anything else you guys think I should add to this podcast? <laughs> just open. That's a bad question. Whatever. <laughs> I think if I had to, one thing I would say about something that you've noticed probably may have picked up on Paul and I, you know this because I'm your mother, you probably kind of picked this up on Paul. We're sort of, I think we're people that have had experiences in in our lives, you know a lot about experiences in my childhood and life that weren't especially for me, weren't always positive and fantastic. And it kind of creates this a little bit of a like sarcastic, sometimes negative and a little bit jaded personality. Dark humor. Yeah, a little bit of dark humor. But what Paul and I have identified, even I'm just speaking for him, is music is exactly the balance we need. I have experienced a lot of trauma in my life as a child and a young adult. And if I'm talking not even about the benefits of music within my own children's lives and within my own home and within my own classroom, just within my own life and my own brain, that part of the reason I'm a happy, grateful, centered, grounded person is like, are you centered, mom? (laughs) Is because of music and we're drawn to it because Paul and I maybe not had perfect childhoods and perfect lives, but the music brought the balance and the happiness that we needed. And all we needed was a piano in a room by myself. You see me sit down at the piano, even with the kids all chaotic in the house or whatever. Sometimes at midnight, my kids are all asleep. I sit down at the piano. I just know it's just the center that I see. And sometimes I don't sit down, sit down at the piano for a long time because I'm busy teaching. Paul was telling me recently he hadn't played the piano for a long time. Well, he's yeah. centered right now. He's retired. He feels great. He doesn't need yeah. it. Well, yeah. when, I, when I retired, I didn't play for over a year. Really? Walked by the piano every day, five times a day. <laughs> didn't care. 
and we watched, uh, my wife and I, we watched Walk the Line. I love that show. Story of Johnny movie. Cash. I like that movie a lot. And they were doing that scene in the Folsom Prison, in the beat. Yeah. See? And it went on for like 20 minutes, because he was nervous to come out. Yeah. So, I don't know, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I just sit down at the piano, and one, of, one of my kind of pianos has a recording studio thing on it. So I push the acoustic bass mm-hmm. with a little hi-hat and a little country western beat. Yeah. Did that for like 20 minutes and she said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I said, well, you're awake now. You might as well come down and hear the rest of it. So I played for like six hours. Six hours? Straight? Yeah. That's not uncommon. He just enjoyed yeah, creating right. the sound. That's cool. And then I didn't play until my mother-in-law died. So I went almost to another another year. So considering probably the hours and hours and hours, four or six hours a day when you're at Juilliard sometimes, I mean how much time do you think you spend at the piano at your peak? Six to eight hours. A day. Yeah, because the day well, was very yeah. yeah, the day was very interesting. You had classes from ten to twelve, worthless classes, but they had to do it. <laughs> no, but they what? had to like like normal people take. Yeah. Just stuff that you have and to take And then they required. had like an hour and a half lunch, and then you went to your music classes, and then you had dinner break. And the practice session was usually started at five or six, and it was open all night. And some people would would literally spend till four or five in the morning. Oh my gosh, I would So that doesn't count the hours that your mother and I spent as kids putting in either. Yeah. So you know the deal. You've lived with the musician. You know how it works. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll say one last thing. If you took a music away from the world, I think there would be anarchy. Oh, of course. Tell me a movie that doesn't have music. A commercial. Could a you commercial. Imagine? Show me a video game. I love to play. I'm a big Xbox yeah. guy. Show me a. <laughs> show, seriously. Show, no, Even it's in true. sniper games, which yeah. I like because it requires pinpoint accuracy. Those RPG games, the music there's, is. There's music I in love it. it though. Okay, take it away. You got yeah. nothing. You got nothing. Right, you have absolutely nothing. You wouldn't need speakers. You wouldn't need a sound bar. You wouldn't need a home theater, except for dialogue. Yeah. I'm telling you. It'd be it would be It would be a complete disaster if music was just taken away in an instant. Yep. You wouldn't even need a radio in the car. That's horrible. Horrible thought. I would not be able to survive. That's for sure. Um, I think that's it's a gift. It is a gift. It really is a gift. Yeah. That's it. You said it all. So I am super grateful uh, for Liz and Paul for sitting down with me and talking with me about music and all the benefits that it has for us as a society and as individuals. Um, They had a lot of input. And I hope you guys were able to take something from that. Um, Unfortunately, I reached out to a few different um, board-certified music therapists, um, including the one that um, Paul had that connection to. But unfortunately, our schedules did not match up at all um, with either of these music therapists. And I was unable to sit down with them in time for the release date of this episode. So I wasn't able to talk with them um about music therapy at least from 
you know, a scientific professional perspective. Um, hopefully we can get to that on episode two. Um, but in the meantime, again, I hope you guys learned something and I hope that you guys enjoyed the content that I put out. Again, this is called We Love Music and my name is Leah and thank you for listening. Hopefully you'll stay for the episode two.